Welcome to Be Transformed with your host, Reverend Christopher Leshber. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12.2 Men's Ministry, empowering men to overcome and thrive by breaking cycles of addiction, trauma, and generational curses. Romans 12.2's vision is healing families and society by transforming the minds of men into the mind of Christ through discipleship within a community of warriors for the kingdom of heaven. You can text or call them at 512-238-0000. That's 238-0000 or romans-122.org. Romans-the-number-one-number-two-letters-t-w-o.org. Now, here's Christopher. Well, welcome. This is Episode 7, Ike to Isaac, Part 3. This is Christopher and Isaac here today to discuss more of his testimony and where he left off. We're going to pick right back up. So if you have not taken the opportunity, please do so to go visit Ike to Isaac part two. And before that, Ike to Isaac part one, get to know his story because he is an Imago Dei. He's a, he is a image bearer of God and he is in the professional side of Romans 12, two men's ministry. He is our vice president. He's on our board of directors. He's an outreach director. He's very involved in our small group activities. He's a one-on-one discipler. He is a warrior for other men, and he is showing them the ancient way by example, by model, showing that there's peace and restoration, that you can come from turmoil, that you can come from chaos, you can come from wounded situations, brokenness and be transformed into the image of Christ. You can become a new person, that there is truly new life. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter how many of those traumas that we revisited about from the body uh, keeps the score and the various traumas that we endure, any of those things that you have gone through, no matter the bad choices that you've made, the horrible choices that you may have felt, things that you don't have not told another human being, you can be overcome. You can overcome that through Christ. You can be renewed. You can be changed. And this is one example of that radical transformation that is continuing, that is still going on. But where Isaac left, left us off was closer into that first marriage of his, and 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 in the process of of becoming and navigating his new walk with Christ and how that and then the backslidden time as it were where he shut that bible and he and he kind of moved away from diving into that red hotness that he experienced when he came back from the road trip with Ronnie that 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 here he found himself back into that survival mode and and working through the various elements of his life at that point so Isaac we just want to bring you right back up and 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 launch back into the Third part of your story here, brother. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you, Christopher. Yeah, so as I left off, it's uh, just had the shotgun wedding and married, and the kid was on the way, and uh, we were living in an apartment, but we're like we're starting a family, so this looked to maybe get a house, and we found a leased house in Round Rock, um, and moved up there because uh, we're both in the service industry, and and I was working at a a little up more upscaled restaurant uh, than your conventional, you know, chain restaurant. Uh, so I was making okay money <laughs> and uh, met met somebody there 
that was working part time that had a day job and was in HR. And that's where uh, my ex uh, looked into getting a job because, you know, in a service industry, you don't really get a lot of good benefits when it comes to insurance and time off and all these things. So she did get that job and uh, she started working days and I was still working in the evenings. So that being said, when my oldest was born, you know, he's nursing and this and that. So she's working days. I'm working evens. There's a transition where we still had to get somebody because I lived at four. She got home at six. So we still had to have somebody come for that two hours just to be with him. So we really weren't spending a lot of new, newly married couples, a lot of time together. It was about, okay, we got to sacrifice. And I was kind of running from being that dad and, and being fear. I was, I was still uh, making the jokes like, he's not mine. I got trapped. So I'm still going to go out and, you know, try to face that pain with the only thing I knew to do was, okay, I need to wind down, making excuses, going out, still playing billiards and drinking. And then finally, you know, it gets to a time where they close down. So I have to go home kind of thing. Uh, But still being so-called responsible and getting up and doing what I needed to do, you know, and have those responsibilities. And then we decided shortly after that with the, her benefits, this was like, if we're going to have a second child, we want them kind of close together. And uh, shortly after that, seven, 17 months, our second son was born. Uh, at that time, we were able to go ahead now and, and get a house built in Hutto. And that's when we moved to Hutto. Um, as we're moving there, um, two weeks, two months uh, just after that, I get a call from a friend from high school. He's like, hey, man, you want to get a job coming measuring countertops? I kind of laughed because I was like, okay, because he was, I was like, are you playing a job? Is that even a job? Yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, so did some research, got into it, and that way I started the day job. I started to start being there with the family and that, but I still also had to pick up some part-time work in the evenings, a couple of nights in a bar. And that that still fueled the, the other lifestyle of womanizing, you have been in the industry, there's a lot of sex jokes and comedy things, uh, which I'm not proud of, but those things were there and still, you know, drinking and doing those things. But yet I would still come home, take care of my responsibilities and be there, you know. Um, so that being said, I would tell my ex, you know, the sons at this age, this younger age, they need to see more of you and be with you. And when they get older, they're going to need more debt, which you know now is a lie. It's just something I was telling myself so I could fuel the nights and make excuses. So I need to go out and play poker on certain events, or I need to go do these things. As I said, I need to do so. It goes back to that selfish me, that prideful me. Because if you came up and asked me in that time, I was like, yeah, I'm committed to my family. I'm a responsible dad. I'm there for them. I mean, I'm doing the exact opposite of what happened to me growing up, as you heard some of my story. I mean, you know, I'm there. Yeah. My birth father wasn't there. So I'm there. Yeah. I'm already, my standard yeah. of measurements yeah. already, I'm already meeting those standards. So Way higher than them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I could, perf- I could perform pretty well. And, and 
it was a double standard and I, I could put on those masks, I could be in the environments, but I mean, just still the past and the hurts, just not able to dispense that, uh, would creep back in over time as this is growing. I was so happy and there's joy there, but deep hurts I didn't know how to deal with and communicate and talk to. But as the cycle would go on, as I was feeding these addictions, you know, I'd go to these sporting events and, and, and I would, hours of the night I was still video gaming and playing games you know this fine is time to, to suppress all those hurts and wounds uh, going out and drinking at bars but uh, it get to a point where I wanted more I want a little bit more and then then there's avenues to go okay well this is closing down well there's something else that's still open you know there's a gentleman's club or something like that I would you know find myself into but yet even though it was that late I was still getting up and filling my so-called responsibilities on the outside, you couldn't say, you couldn't tell me different. Yeah, but I was, see, I was living that double standard kind of life. Right, and it's the stories we tell ourselves, right? Right. In, in the previous episodes, we, we re, found ourselves referring to vows reg, regularly, and we did talk about narratives. We did talk about stories being told, but the vows weren't, or, or things like, I can't trust any other woman because my mom betrayed me, right? So my mom betrayed me. Now I can't trust. That's a vow. But then there was a narrative of no woman's worth trusting. So now women are less than. And here's another, you know, several other movements there were, like you said, that our sons needed her more now. They, they'll need me later when they're older. Like that was a story you told yourself to justify you going out and doing these things. You, you in retrospect are referring to medicating pain but isn't that in retrospect almost only or did you in some form or fashion understand that you going to do these things were was trying to fill some void or trying to medicate some kind of pain did you did you have that narrative back then no i did not (laughs) that was just something that guys do that's what men do that was the narrative guys are going to be guys men this is what men do we take our responsibilities and we get some I'm entitled to some me time. You know, I need to get away from the responsibilities or, or go wash those away with a, you know, a drink or this or something was my narrative. Like, it's it's going to be okay. It's a weekend getaway. Got to do this to clear my mind type stuff. But all it was was flooding. <laughs> it wasn't clearing anything. I wasn't very clear. I was very stupid in my well, sinful it, ways. And we're post- a salvation time, right? Like just to remind the audience and those who haven't heard, please go back to episode two and and one of, of his, of his testimony. But where did, where did Christ play into this? Where did the word of God, where did any kind of movements in in the spiritual life, was it present at all? Or where were you in that regard? Yes. I mean, it was present. I mean, I, I felt, you know, I gotten, as we get a little bit here in the story, you know, what really got me to a point where I needed to change was I was still going out and doing, and then there'd be certain nights where I got left. Like some of the guys went with, they just went and they went to a certain, didn't tell me or couldn't find me. I don't know the situation anyways. Right. So now I'm calling my ex at two or three in the morning to come pick me up with some newborns. And I was like, it kind of hit me in in a raw spot. You know, I could white knuckle it and just drink up. Like this is not smart. So, as your ex now, but your wife at the time right. were bringing your babies. Here's the right. call in the family that's already double timing it right. to come pick you up because you're 
yeah. friends, quote unquote, left you behind. So, okay. So I felt the shame and the hurt from that. And, and at this moment in time, you know, it was coming close to the 2009 time frame and being blessed with another child. Mm. This is when our uh, youngest son was going to be born. And shortly after that time frame, I was like, okay, Lord, I haven't ever been water baptized. Maybe this will cleanse me from all this, this sinful nature and this, all this riding, going over here and doing this. I could handle this, but I got my responsibilities over here. I just thought I could just go get dunked and, and it all wash away. But as we know, in Romans 12 too, it's a process of renewing your mind. And uh, so after that, I got involved with my sons. They were getting a little bit older in the watchdog programs. Um, you know, that's where you could go to the schools and you could be a part of the day and other kids' day. You just And I remember, you know, going back to some of my painful events in second grade, I go to my oldest son's second grade class, and, man, I just felt like I was a part of that again, that, that trauma. Oh, because the teacher goes, Isaac, do you mind reading out loud to oh, the class? Wow. Okay. But when I did... It, that's where the Lord just showed me. I mean, it was such a thing. I was looked up and I saw my son, son looking at my, and just yeah, man, it's all right. That's good, man. It's all right. So as you asked yeah. where the Lord, that was that, that was, was one a, of those moments. That was and, a thinning of the veil, right? Yes. Like it was a raw spot yeah. back to some of your wounds. You you weren't able to identify it at that time. You didn't have the words for it or understand it, but you also saw your boy looking up at you and it's almost like that was you as that little boy looking up for some help and guidance. And that, that was intersecting in that moment too. And you know, and it, wow. I mean, what a, what a poignant story. And, and for you to have some level of awareness, it sounds like, you know, that this is a God thing. This is a spiritual of some degree, right? The motion was there. Like it is maybe not as, 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 as clear as it is today because you've done so much work and restoration, but you did experience some emotion, it sounds like, at that time as well, right? Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and then, then uh, just knowing that was a turning point, I kind of eased back. I wasn't doing going out so much. I stopped doing the, the second job, became a contractor, started making a little bit of money, so the day stuff helped out more. Um, so when we did get married my wife at the time we didn't get the honeymoon thing we didn't do the class world thing so we told ourselves when the 10-year anniversary comes up we plan on going to hawaii so that was in that was in effect that plan was in effect so so going to hawaii i was like i wasn't in the best of shape so i started hitting the workout exercise a little bit more trying to feeling good about myself and then uh, coming up in May, we have an annual washer tournament I was involved in. So I was like, oh, I could go to that. I, you know, I could still do that and put that in. It's during the day, you know, it'll be all right. I thought I was much wiser and smarter at the time. But, you know, peer pressure gets to you. and or It got to me because I have one or two. And then it led to some friends saying, hey, we're going to go to the dance hall. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. It's, it'll be fun. Next thing you know, um, in doing the womanizing things and start dancing with a a woman and start talking. She lives in Hutto. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, well, these guys have left me before here. I was like, hey, if you live in Hutto, you mind? I could just ride up with you and you can give me a ride back to Hutto. 
I can walk home from there. You can drop me off with this map. But needless to say, I uh, had a few shots. They were catching up to me, and I was in and out of dark darkness, I guess you call it, blackouts. Uh, started fantasizing. Uh, she had three daughters. I had three sons. Started singing a Brady Bunch song to her and this and that. Like, I was speaking like I wasn't even married still. I was speaking as that and fantasizing and going this. And got back. We are at her place. I was in and out of consciousness. We did start making out and kissing and doing these things. At one point, I thought she was my wife and I was home. And then something came over me and, and stopped me in that moment, as we know in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. And I stopped, didn't go to the point of what I thought time. Came to, ran home, and I just told myself it was just a dream. It didn't happen, and mm. that's how I was still able to enjoy the time on our 10-year anniversary when we went to Hawaii a few mm. months later. Mm. And I kept telling myself it was just a dream. It was just a fantasy. It mm. never happened. Mm. The stories we tell ourselves, right? Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing, brother. I know that was very tough, and it's uh, it's hard to get those things out and man just the courage and the boldness to step up and allow god to work through you to bring him glory man just and, and i'm just just wild man thank you for sharing that yeah so, so at this point in the story you kind of see clearly i was living two different lives i couldn't at the time but as i've done some i was really thinking i could live those ways and still take care of the family so we outgrew our home in hutto the following year in 2013, we got some, we moved back to Round Rock into some pretty good, good school districts. Uh, and also, as I shared before, I was running for, and going to a different environment. I no longer had to drive past her home mm -hmm. daily and remind myself that it wasn't just a dream or mm. not reality. Mm. Man, I'm just reminded of what Pastor Bobby at Huddle Bible would say is that we, we, we think how we want to think so we could live how we want to live. And here's the various narratives in your, in your story. I mean, one that, that stuck with you for throughout the marriage, it seemed like was the back door mm -hmm. was always wide open because the shotgun marriage, I didn't ask her to marry her and she's kind of my wife, but not. And yeah, I'm kind of a dad, but you know, this and that and I'm kind of a responsible. Well, no, I am a family man and all the justifications and I'm very familiar with and in my story as well. But, uh, yeah, man, just the stories we tell ourselves, you know, and now you're in Round Rock, you're out of that, that raw spot, that trigger point, as it were, you don't see the actual house, so. Yeah, and it's do over, start over time, right? Do, oh, so, now we're running again. Yeah, now, now it's do over, start over time. Do over, over. Fresh my, start. Right, because yeah. my, my oldest son and my middle son, they're at an age now, third and fourth grade, I can start coaching flag football. I'm going to step up, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to get to coach the boys. Because this was the time, you know, in my story that football was part of my lifeline that got That's me through right. a lot of my trauma and my hurts. It also gave gave me the big bad prideful Ike as well. Identity, belonging, Identity, community. Belonging. So, I mean, I could pour into them. I, you know, I could don't have to talk so much about what's 
my past or my hurts, man, this focus here, football, let's get it. Yes. You're, I can, I can lift up encouraging football. I've, I could lead in that. That's, that's, that's something I'm good at. Finding let's life there for yes. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then, uh, you know, cause now it's in my world. That's, that's something I know. So then the boys, you know, when they started junior high, they, that's when they can start playing the tackle football. So that, that my weekends slowly started to get freed up again. Um, it wasn't like before, but if I got invited to go do something, I quickly would drop anything for the weekend and be like, oh, yeah, I'm free. I could go. Or, you know, hey, I'm going to this. Yeah, I'm free. I could go. So I was still seeing, you know, and being there and being a part of all their stuff, but I wasn't that involved because I wasn't the coach anymore. I'm still the coach, but I'm not. And uh, so I started to see – things occur in my son's life, like I said before, that I could just do the opposite. But the events that really started to show up, there's other moments, but I really want to focus in on this as we come to the end here, that the enough with enough moment was, it was the 2016 time frame at Halloween. I was so, had all this stuff, jealous rage and hurts and resentment that I haven't processed through and talked with uh, my, my ex. And we started getting in a, really rough screaming arguing back and forth really yelling and get into it and my oldest son came in and got between us and then it started to click i was repeating generational cursing i didn't know what that was at the time but i'm sharing it now because it immediately had that flashback of me being kobe and seeing through his eyes what mm. happened to my mother mm. and i was that same demon and and hurtful man that I saw in my stepdad and mm. the things that happened to my mom. I was doing the very thing. Mm. And that would lead us into a, some silent moments, but then a little back and forth here and there. And then it would, that came to that point of that, the following year of that time frame where we took that spiritual stake in the ground and really knew because when she looked at me and said, mm. I think it's time for you to leave. Mm. It was a different kind of leave. Oh, man. And that moment there, like you said, that repeating a generational curse realization was in 2016. And then she asked you to leave in May or what, it was it was 2017? The, it was the beginning of the summer of 2017. So right, right around, around that right May, around June, June, July. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the July 22nd, 2017 is a spiritual stake. Mm-hmm. And that was weeks or months after, mm-hmm. or maybe not months, but it was a, it was a, it was a, Pretty significant, you know, in relatively speaking, time from the point of being asked to leave mm-hmm. to intersecting with you and I one on one, and working in that process of 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 now working to rescue and salvage a marriage. So, spent a little bit of time there, right? And again, thank you for sharing such uh, poignant information about your your story your narrative your testimony and what that led to and and you mentioned this in the other podcast so just to repeat what you said is is quoting dr roberts and the pain on the outside was meeting the pain on the inside and as we said earlier not identifying that there's pain like i've moved on i've started each time those intersections and various parts of your testimony pain enters in run pain enters in flee pain change it i'm going to change circumstances but i'm i'm not actually getting to the root cause 
So when you intersected with me, I, I had been out of my divorce time frame, separation, divorce for about four years. Uh, you've seen me be remarried at that point and, and do my own spiritual stakes in the ground. And you mentioned in one of the episodes uh, about that, that intersection at CrossFit. But l- let's revisit that as we draw to a close. Yeah, thank you, Christopher. Yeah. So, yeah, we were hitting some CrossFit pretty well. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, that that question that stuck with me, and it was in the two, 2016 time frame, and, and I was wrestling with that. We came out, man, you're crushing it. You're, you're, you're hitting, you're showing up. You're hitting the CrossFit, man. I see you're getting fit. You're throwing up some weight. You're cleaning it. How's your spiritual life? And, of course, I was like, and I'm good. I'm going. I'm going to church. I'm doing the things that need. I'm on the outside. I'm. I'm performing. <laughs> I didn't say that, but it, that's what I was thinking inside. Like, wow. And you sharing with me the Wild at Heart podcast, that app that's been so prevalent. There are advocates that we. I totally recommend just pour it into my life. Yeah. You gave me that at that time frame. Like, man, get this app. And I still was like, okay. But it wasn't until about a year or so later when I was like, enough was enough. God's timing. I opened up the podcast to become good soil. Mm -hmm. And seed has to be planted in good soil to start bearing fruit and growing. And and that that really, and I started going on walks. And during that time frame, after, after the spiritual state started listening to those going on walks. Yeah hearing starting to be able to have ears to hear and eyes to see yeah so man that's beautiful and you are definitely a good soul brother and we appreciate you stepping forward stepping up and it's just been amazing to get into and and please continue to join us here next time for episode eight our pops culture diving into the third p in pops culture for proactive and we see how isaac in his testimony where the pendulum swung and it was over corrections to just not do what he didn't experience, you know, what he didn't get to experience, just do opposite of that to then into the the nuances therein from that spiritual stake on to how he's developed and become the Proverbs 3 man that he is today and a leader of leaders, a leader of men and showing that transformation is real, new life is real. So until then... May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May we be proactive in being transformed by Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Be Transformed with Reverend Christopher Leshberg. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12 to men's ministry. If you or someone you know needs confidential help or are looking for a place to serve, you can text or call Christopher at 512-238-0000 or Romans-122.org. That's Romans-the number one, number two, letters T-W-O dot org. 